da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Welcome back, it man fam. Movie of the week time here. Mad about movies podcast. Kent Garrison in the hosting chair and welcoming in the best of the best, my co-hosts, my friends, to discuss movies as always. Brian and Richard. Hey, boys. Mm-hmm. What's hey, up, man. my friends? How's it going? Needed an, needed another two to three hours of the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Needed that full mm-hmm. right. kind of seven hour of Snyder and mm-hmm. in a quarter. And by God, did we get it. Thank God. <laughs> This when are we getting the Snyder Cut for this, man? When yeah, it, when this somehow oddly felt like a Snyder Cut, even though it mm. wasn't for some reason. I don't know. It had the same kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, hype around it, or this is Zack Snyder's vision uh, stuff around it that uh, the Snyder Cut had. But yeah, uh, you know, to kind of start it off, guys, here we are again, talking Zack Snyder movies, uh, what, you know, two months removed from, mm-hmm. from Snyder Cut talk. By the way... That's still available on the VIP feed, the, the whole yeah. Snyder Cut conversation. I think it's two and a half hours uh, long. We went literally scene by scene through the movie, scored it, ranked it, talked about it with Batman Shane. So that's available mm-hmm. on the VIP feed, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. If you like people hey, yelling don't spoil Shane. it, man. Yeah. Don't spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil what, our, what yeah. our grades were on that because we. I think we've done a pretty good job so far keeping that close to the vest in terms yeah. of not me. what we level actually thought of we gave event. it plus yeah. minus or just straight up yeah. a yeah no yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but let's just say for the listener i want i don't want to give it away and again this might hit the apple bonus feed here or something down the ro- down the road but if you want to hear this um let's just say it might have turned out not like you would expect uh in some areas so i'll just tease that and um you know check that out for sure on the mad about movies vip feed if you want uh, the full Zack Snyder conversation, because we get really into the weeds with that one, with all of uh, Zack Snyder talk. But here we are, I guess third week in a row, Brian, uh, Netflix movie. Yeah. This is yeah. like, I, we got to have to go back and see if this is this sets a record, because this feels like, you know, pandemic times when, when we would right. be uh, d- be doing this. But um, <laughs> But here we are. I think it's only fair that Netflix give us... Uh, like a hundred thousand dollars. That's all. I mean, that's that's right. nothing compared to what uh, what they're handing out these days. We're bringing some some buzz their way. Not always positive, but but uh, you know, all news is good news, right? So they got the cash. I just I just think we should get a little bit. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, they got it to spare. I don't think they'll right. it'll hurt them any to uh, spread the love. But yeah, here we are again for uh, it seems like the, the the Netflix month here on the pod to to talk Army of the Dead and. Brian, uh, on the history of this one, was mm. this originally supposed to be a Netflix original from the outset, or was this a a bought after the fact uh, kind of deal? I will Google that uh, while we talk. I think uh, this was always supposed to be. Netflix. I do too. I, that's I what I thought, was, but I didn't know if you knew. Yeah, I think it was always a, always the plan to uh, to bring it to Netflix. Yeah, and um, you know this 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 sort of feels, you know, before we dive into the film here. This sort of feels like the the right kind of movie for Netflix to make, right? Mm-hmm. You know, established fan base uh, that uh, follow a, a, a kind of a sequel to a film that was successful in two thousand four. Um, International plot, right? Which is, you know, where uh, you know, their growth is. certainly worldwide appeal uh, when it comes to this kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Batista 
is a international superstar, you know, WWE um, champion, multiple, multiple, multiple <laughs> yep. time WWE champion. And uh, of course, uh, known for Marvel. So that, that he's kind of um, a, a great face for Netflix to put behind a movie like this. And uh, then you've got the content of the movie itself, which is, you know, really gory and violent and stuff. And so, you know, tough to put these kinds of movies out and, and hope and expect that they make gangbusters at the box office. So um, you're always limiting the audience when you, when you put out a rated R movie. So you've got all that going for it with everybody having Netflix. And I think Zack Snyder honestly should embrace this type of stuff because it feels like his audience is perfect for streaming services, um, you know, and they're mm-hmm. going to be willing to pay these premiums. You know, the perfect example is the Snyder cut as at how successful mm-hmm. that was that weekend was for HBO and for Jack, for Zack Snyder. Um, and so I, if I were him, I'd be looking to replicate that kind of buzz all the time with, with these streaming services and with his movies that he really can be himself, you know, and not have to kind of go through the studio system and vet mm-hmm. these movies for, uh, theatrical distribution. So I think it's a win-win for both parties. And uh, let's get into the actual movie part here, guys. Um, so I guess kind of a, not a direct sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Um, we should yeah, say that. Spiritual uh, successor. Spiritual successor. Kind of um, you know. It takes place in the same universe, kind of. That was one note I had. It was kind of, they left the universe. So, yeah. Yeah. Same same virus, I guess, maybe as uh, Dawn of the Dead. This is sure. this takes place maybe a different timeline or a different uh, different time than uh, 2004. Uh, there were no Jay Leno references in in this <laughs> that I know of. I mean, the whole movie felt like kind of like a blur, so I could have missed it. But um, but yeah, so it's a long blur. You know, guys, <laughs> like a blackout. Let me just say this off the top. You know, it's going to be fun when I started off with, let me just say this. Uh, this is the exact kind of, like I said, this is the kind of movie Zack Snyder needs to be doing, I think. Embracing what he's good at, um, you know, kind of characters that he can create himself, show off his skills as a filmmaker when it comes to the visual side of things. And, you know, it's kind of harmless material, you know. This could be good or bad and no one's going to get really offended or upset either way. Uh, and, and these are just kind of playgrounds for him to have fun in. And so uh, I do agree with like his his whole thought process behind wanting to do this. Having said that, this was just horrific, guys. I can't <laughs> – I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like it's gotten to the point where it's like, why do I do this? Why do I do this to myself? Like I, I know I'm watching this. I'm like, I know I'm going to have to get on and talk about this. And it gets like, I'm, you know, I'm 60 minutes in. It's like my, my list of positives is very small. I'm just, Zack Snyder is just total. He's so, so dug in on who he is and what he does that I don't think I can, like it's Michael Bay level at this point where it's just, you're so far down in that, in that hole of, of what you do that you can't be kind of resurrected. <laughs> And I feel that way with Snyder at this point. Like this movie kind of proves it to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, because this was the thing we thought he could probably still do decently right. well, maybe. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, mixed results. All I'll say is, you know, just kind of thesis for this, and I'll toss it to you, Brian, for some general thoughts. Is this is a movie 
about a heist in a casino in Vegas that takes place during a zombie apocalypse. Okay. The that's Olympus, the, though. Was there enough establishing thoughts for you? <laughs> there weren't enough. I didn't know it was Vegas. Okay. I couldn't talk. Okay, just making sure. Uh, thanks for clearing that up. Hey, um, that's what I'm here for. This is a movie about a Vegas casino with zombies, right? Mm-hmm. Leave it to Zack Snyder yeah. to make that unfun. Somehow, some way, yeah. so serious. he could make yeah. that premise not mm-hmm. fun at all. Believe it or like, tell, yeah. tell me, like, on paper, any director you're given heist with zombies at casino try mm-hmm. try to make this unfun in some way it's almost impossible right puffy like brian could go in with his iphone and make a fun zombie movie if it was mm-hmm. in a and casino right yeah, and so several. this was i mean it was so i was so de- i was so bored i was so depressed all the mm-hmm. human elements of this were so stupid made no sense why do they need money in the first place, it's a freaking <laughs> apocalypse. Why is Bautista talking he, about, oh, man, this $2 million can really get me back on my feet? To do what? Yeah, the first what, thing that goes is What, are you going to go to the freaking local the... Chase Bank and deposit it? <laughs> like, like, what are you talking Who cares? Like, this is a survival of the fittest, dude. Like, just stay alive. Like, it just Did seems he... like so much of this is just so half-baked in terms of ideas yeah. and execution. It's like, oh, my God, man. So much well, of it. To, to be fair on that part, I I think they do establish that the the rest of the world is moving on as relative normal. Like yeah. it's <laughs> it's Vegas is is uh, quarantined and and we're gonna blow it up with a nuclear bomb. Um, sure. But the rest of the world is just kind of moving on. So I, I don't know. I kind of understand the the money aspect of it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but I am with you. It it's I I'll say this. I. I was actually kind of looking forward to this because I do think, as you guys both said, I do think that um, this is the kind of sandbox that I want Zack Snyder to be playing. And if he's going to make movies, I would honestly, I'll just I would prefer if he didn't because I really (laughs) don't like it. But if he is going to make movies, I want him to do to do this kind of thing rather than mess up intellectual properties that I actually that I actually like because I just I super hate obviously anyone who's listened to the show I assume by now knows I'm not a huge fan of Zack Snyder's vision uh within the the DC extended universe so um I I but this kind of thing I think he could he could do well and I think that I thought Dawn of the Dead was was pretty good at the time I did go back and, and rewatch it for the first time since theaters or whatever in in 2004 and i thought it was not very good but at the time i thought it was fine i you know 300's okay i kind of like his kent and i did a, a review of Watchmen a few years ago um and I, I i think there's i i i think his style works well with Watchmen, and there's more to like about that movie than not to like so like i think that this could be something that i i would think that if he's going to make a movie in 2021 that I like that this is going to be where it is because as you said, Kent, I mean, height the heist thing is you you shouldn't be able to mess up a heist. Heist is is all fun. Like you you watch like uh, even uh, money heist. Yeah, I mean seriously, money it's, heist it's, is fun. Money you, heist. You, money heist is fun. You have like a baseline grade for me just by having it be a heist because it's because <laughs> heists are fun and. Um, I don't like horror movies. I don't like. I don't really care for zombie movies. But the the concept of heist in Vegas in a you know in a zombie apocalypse that sounds pretty awesome to be honest. Like I was kind of stoked for this. It got good reviews too coming out. That kind of helped. But I 
I'm just, I'm blown away by his insistence in ruining his own product. Like I just, I, I don't. <laughs> he doesn't do himself. Even, he shoots himself in the foot constantly. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, it, absolutely. It's like he, he is, I mean, he said this with, with Justice League. He talked about how he was purposefully trying to, to make the production of that movie more difficult on himself. Cause it's cause I, I dogged on him for it in, in that review. Cause it's like you, I mean, whatever my analogy was, was essentially you're acting like you're Michael Jordan shooting left-handed and you're, you're not. So we can, we can stop with trying to make, just make a good movie. Don't make things more challenging for yourself. But, it, but he did can't, he, he, he sucks out the fun out of this movie and it, that should be impossible. And it's, it, it plays so much of it plays to his worst impulses and the 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 camera angles and the the freaking the the needle drops about drove me insane in this oh, every this one rough. every single one of them is the exact same kind of of needle drop that that he he plays over and over and over again in all of his movies and the 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 complete and total lack of understanding of of story structure Sure. makes me insane. And I I mean Richard, you know, like when I say that, maybe I sound pretentious or snobby or whatever, but I freaking like I can't wait for Fast 9 in a couple of weeks. I love those kinds of stupid action movies. Right. And yeah. but it's just it shouldn't be too much to ask that in the course of a two and a half hour movie that the plot makes some sense and that that we get some answers to the question that the movie is posing. And and then when you you just factor all that in with like already the stuff that I don't love about horror movies with like every character has to make the stupidest decision possible in order for the movie to carry on, you know? They're all walking, and, talking cliches. Yeah, yeah. I know. And it's like I kind of accept that coming in because I, I have to accept that's not my kind of movie. And uh but but it's it's not necessarily made for me on that front. And so it's like, okay, fine, I can do that. But but this one like takes it to a level that I was just like, this is embarrassing that we're going to, that all these characters are going to continue to do not just the dumbest thing possible, but like over and over the dumbest thing possible in order to make the, you know, this bad story carry on. It just, it really, with this one, maybe more than any of the previous Snyder movies, and then I'll pass it off to you, Richard. For me personally, I, I tried extra hard to, to be into this and to like keep keep enjoying the aspects that I did enjoy, which was mostly the concept and Bautista, if we're being honest. But I tried. I really tried to like stick with it and enjoy the movie for what it is. And at every turn, it felt like I'd get 10 minutes of like, okay, I'm kind of digging this. That was a solid stretch. And then something just ridiculously stupid that isn't fun would happen over and over and over again and completely take me out of of whatever enjoyment I was having with this movie. So, not not great, but RB what about you? Where are you at with this? I mean, the zombie leopard or whatever that was was dope. Mm-hmm. The tiger. For, yeah. Yeah, the tiger was cool. All right. Now to the negatives. <laughs> um That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I mean, that's the... the that's thing a positive that, for you? Wow. Yeah, loved it. All in. A whole spinoff series on Zombie Tiger. Um, <laughs> Where's Joe Exotic? What if he showed up yeah. and cameoed at the end of this? A minute. I like Jungle That would have been the ultimate, ultimate Netflix move, 
They got Zoe Exotic yeah. out of yeah. out of out Cross of the, promotional. Yeah, they got him out of the out of the holder here in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and and boom, last scene of this, he comes and slays the zombie tiger, zombie tiger, the Tiger King. He's like, just y'all should have called my ass ten years ago. This might not have ever happened. Would have been awesome. <laughs> who name a person who would have fit better in this universe? This Snyder. <laughs> this Snyder zombie universe than Joe Exotic, like it, it would have been the, the oh, perfect, the perfect to accent to this more movie. Shredded. Like those, this uh, would have been a those arms thing. are a little skinny, bro. That's right. Come on, yeah. I love maybe that. he's lifting. Maybe in he's, prison maybe now, he's done. You know? Maybe some working out in the clink. Yeah. I don't know. Hey man, I'm just yeah. thinking. Uh, I, I just want more Joe Exotic for everybody. I'm just uh, bring it on. <laughs> Joe Exotic himself, not Joe Exotic movies based on Joe mm. Exotic. I want actual Joe Exotic and stuff, guys. Come on, let's get that. Let's make that a thing. All right, go ahead, Arby. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, that's the, the general sort of thing with Snyder is, is in that, I guess if you, I, I, I think it's a personality thing and, and the three of us share it and doesn't mean everyone does, but like, you know, I struggle a lot with, with kind of just personally, I, especially as I get older, the ridiculousness of, you know, a lot of these movies, superhero movies or, you know, popcorn kind of stuff, just because, you know, they're as, I get older and older. They're less and less made for me. They're they're sort of fantastic in a lot of ways, and I mean that in the, in the you know actual sense of the word. And I struggle with that. Just period. You know, even when they're done well and and have like a joy to them, there's still always like five percent of me that's like, this is so ridiculous. That guy's in a cape, you know, and he's thirty. What is he doing? You know, he's thirty <laughs> in a cape. You know, I just have that. And more than extent, but the thing that always saves it is in, in Fast and Furious is a great example. There's like a joy to those kind of movies. There's a certain like, mm-hmm. not necess- they're not necessarily always like totally in on the joke, in on the joke, but there's a, there. it seems like it's meant for me to have fun with it. It's it's playing to completely like my id or whatever. Um, and it knows that, it's marketed to that, and there's enough stuff for my intellectual brain that references that, that I can get past it. Snyder stuff to me never has that. It's always so self-serious. And it immediately takes me out of it because I go, well, this is stupid. And of course it's stupid because it's a movie about, you know, a a heist and a zombie apocalypse. So, of course, that's true no matter who makes it. That's not necessarily his fault. But the the lack of of sort of joy he puts into his tone, his his kind of even the humor is always like so like, you know. Uh, the needle. It's always trying. You know, it's the it's the high school kid trying so hard to be cool at every time, mm. and it just to me, <laughs> yes. Like I just, it just, I can never enjoy even a sequence of what he does, except for like you said, Brian. I and I like Dawn of the Dead when it first came out, fine. And I'm not going to judge it by how it's aged now. I know it's not sure. aged well, yeah. but it, you know, yeah. in in that moment, it, it succeeded, and that's that's a win for him. And same for 300. In both of those moments, neither one is that great now. Um, but you know, to an extent it's, they, they, I'm not, that's fine. They succeeded. But you know, more and more and more as he, as he gets more and more control of the total edit of these things, it's just, there's no, there's no happiness to it. And look, it's, could be a dark story, but there's no, it's, it's like, it's something about, I feel like Christopher Nolan just broke Zack Snyder because like he was able it's like intellectually pull off sort of self-serious superhero movies. And that is great if you're like a one-of-one one Christopher Nolan who can build this insane logic and direct these incredible performances yeah. and make something that, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy is very self-serious. 
but that's like yes. a one in a million that pulls it off. In in Zach Zach, you're not that guy, and and that's okay because no one else is either. Christopher Nolan probably right, um, <laughs> but like you know, there's just no, there's no. It, it, I hate that, as you guys have said, and I'll shut up. But like the fact that you're going, man, yeah, that that heist zombie movie is going to be a beat down because it's gonna yes, be just, yes, so, you know what a bummer. Yes. Yes. What a bummer that is. I and, hate I hate that man, that's the case and and yeah. uh he keeps delivering that same feeling to me. So at a certain point I feel like it's him. Sure. And uh, and to to piggyback off of that fast two things is is yes, I think I had kind of talked myself into that that wasn't going to be the case with this one that I was going that it was going to be f- more fun and that it wasn't going to be a beat down Richard like you said and and the the longer the movie went the more it was like nope this is this is going to keep being a the total longer whip, the movie went you know? Brian oh my gosh it's this is a I movie mean, look, that that I'm not t- I'm not kidding you if you've not seen this movie yet I'm going to spoil something really quickly uh, and I, t- I was talking to my wife about this movie because I was watching it, we had a little uh, staycation. Her and I stayed at a hotel locally over the weekend just to kind of get away from home, get away from work, you know, um, have some dinner. She was down at the spa getting a massage at the hotel, and I was watching this movie <laughs> to pass the time. Good use and of she, your time. Yeah. yeah. She comes She comes back to the room <laughs> and is like, what, what is this? You know, she's like, was so curious. Is like, what, what the hell this thing was? And I was trying to explain it to her. And she sees, like, this is, like, midway through the movie. She sees, like, you know, basically every zombie in the movie is, like, a Vegas performer of some kind for some reason. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know why that is. Uh, Mm -hmm. I guess only – if you're in – if you live in – by the way, if you live in Vegas, you're a a Vegas showgirl or performer or something. But I was telling her, I said, oh, yeah, there's a – five seconds into the movie – uh, into the opening credits, I should say, not into the movie, because there's like a four minute uh, epilogue yeah, kind of thing going on. Yeah. Prologue, yeah. Uh, and then five minutes in the opening credits, there's a zombie topless showgirls. Mm-hmm. So you said, just like my dreams. You're just saying, like, as, as this movie was going, you were convinced, Brian, that this wasn't going to be a movie for you. Let's just say eight seconds in, I knew that what I was yeah. in for with this movie, and I knew there, there was no. Right. Point. There was, I was at the point of no return. Eight seconds into this movie, I did not enjoy the opening stretch, but I did think that it at least served a purpose. Like it was uh, expositiony in its in the way that it that it laid everything out. Yeah. And then and so from that, like I was like, for me, that whole opening stretch was like, this is not for me. But okay, like I kind of get where we're we're going, and so. This is, I mean, it's certainly not subtle, but, you know, nothing that he, it's way more subtle than a lot of the rest of the movie. So, you know, whatever. But, but the, as the movie goes, for me, what it was, was, was the, the realization that, uh, this is going to end very poorly for everybody involved. And I feel, and it's not, and that's fine. Like there's, there's movies that can do that very well. You can, you, you have movies that can do bleak, uh, quite well. This, I think the problem for me is that with, well, amongst many things, but one of the problems for me with Snyder is that I, I, I can't shake the feeling that he kind of enjoys the bleakness and that, that he gets a kick out of how unrelenting the, um, the, the sadness is almost of this, of this whole thing. And that, 
That bothers me. Like I don't, I don't like the tone of that. And I, I keep coming back. Last thing I want to say on that. I'm sorry. I know we, we need to get into uh, more specifics and stuff. But like, I what you said, Richard, about you know his tone and his his the lack of humor and it. It's always going to be a beat down and stuff. I keep but going not back humor to, necessarily in jokes, by the way. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I, I, I go back to um what he's. I remember this from the um post Batman v Superman when he talked about. The you know that Jimmy Olsen is in the very beginning of that movie and gets murdered, and he made this kind of comment about like, well, we didn't really. Essentially, what he said, I'm I'm very paraphrasing, but he he essentially said we didn't have room for him in the movie, but we wanted to get this kind of iconic character into the movie somewhere. So we just thought, well, this will be a fun way to include Jimmy Olsen. And I was like, I don't really give a rip about Jimmy Olsen, but if the fun way to get one of the like what five main characters from the Superman story into your movie is to have him get brutally murdered at the beginning of the movie so that Lois Lane can kind of get off on Superman coming to save her and stuff. That's that to me tells me that we are not going to jive on what we think is fun, quote unquote, and what is what is entertainment. And I, I, I have a hard time shaking that when I sit down to watch one of his movies that like, Oh, this guy thinks this is fun, or this guy thinks that this moment is funny, and it's, it's really like Zemeckis. not. And He's I, very Zemeckis. Yes, that it, that's exactly is exactly right. There's a there's a real. It's like he took the worst parts of Zemeckis and the worst parts of Tarantino and created a personality out of it. And I, with I some just, Michael Bay, yeah, with some with Michael Bay explosions, and it it yeah. is the. It's just. I, you know, look, if you like Zack Snyder, I guess that's your your thing. But gosh, I hate what he brings to the table. And I just I, I, I'm I'm at the point now where it's like I'm kind of with you, Ken. It's like maybe I don't review any more Zack Snyder movies because there's I'm maybe I'm at the point where it's like there's not possible for me to ever enjoy. A, yeah, a Zack Snyder it's like, movie, well, yeah, you know? we're just doing we're just putting ourselves in a bad position at that point. Yeah, where it's like, you know, it, it begins and ends with. With 300 and, and Watchmen for me with Snyder. I mean, that's it. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I'll watch those films. I'll enjoy I'll enjoy them uh, for yeah. various reasons at various times. And I'm fine with that. And, and I think those are fine movies, to be quite honest with you. and Above average movies, to be quite honest with you. So, you know, that's great. But, you know, just to kind of go through the review of this thing and, and, uh, and go through some of my notes that I took here. He's just become a walking, talking cliche of film directors. It's like, it's it's like a a freshman who got out of film school and got so jazzed about learning how to make a movie, and you took all these notes about um, what kinds of characters you need in a movie, what a needle drop is, what a montage is, what slow mo means, what mm-hmm. um, a uh, quote unquote. Uh, you know, losing everything in the third act or the, you know, the second act going into the third act would mean it. It's like he, he goes into this thing, templating out so much in his own mind that it becomes a, the most predictable like Snyder fest of all time. You know, like he's, mm-hmm. he's almost put himself in his position where he, he can't do anything. He's painted by his he, own yeah, numbers. He can't it. go yeah. out of his own instincts anymore. And he's so he's so like convinced that what he does is is everything he does is like a painting that needs to be hung in the Louvre that he can't really break out of his own mind, and that's sad. But um, I'd love you know. to see a Snyder wing of the Louvre. Yeah, that'd be 
I mean, I would do that. It might happen at some point. <laughs> uh, so we start this thing out, and we get a uh, reference to the four horsemen, guys. Is this the Now You See Me Cinematic Universe crossover? Oh, like, maybe. it's Vegas. <laughs> I mean, what if Ruffalo showed up at the end, and he was the zombie the entire time? <laughs> that would be... I'd he, be he created this whole be... outbreak just, just to uh, recruit some uh, army of the dead. You know, That might be like a... If Snyder did Now You See Me 3... So that might be it might be the best movie ever, like where we just combine all this negativity, but it's yeah. still it's force and then it just explodes into this incredible masterpiece. Mm-hmm. At least all the characters would be dead by the end of Now You See Me 3 that way. So we could be done with with that. But, you know, there's small positives, I guess. I will admit, you know, the times they are a change in opening of Watchmen. I enjoy that. But at this yeah. point, when you do this 14 times, the same right, bit right. of I'm going to take an old song and do a dumb montage at the beginning of my movie. Yes. It's such a beating, dude. A, Stop. Yeah, it's, the the it's song was like good. four minutes long. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and there's I'm not 12 of them. I, in it's the movie. 13. There's 12 moments. I mean, 15 it's just, minutes it's, into the movie. I, I, yeah. I paused it. 15 minutes in, the opening montage is still going. And, his, and yeah. it's a Netflix film, a Zack Snyder film. It's like 15 minutes in. It's like, dude. Get in, get out, stop this, stop. Mm-hmm. Um, get on with the, get on with it already, you know. Um, yeah. But, but, look, but I mean, every time is, I see those dumb, that those, every time the music starts and these Snyder, it's like he's, it's not, a, you're not a James Bond movie. Like you don't have to have these yeah. epic openings every time, dude. Stop, stop. But I mean, I, I said this on the Justice League, and and I'll continue to say it, I guess, because this is never going to stop, apparently. But but some people. I know we like to talk crap about corporations and that we think it's a bad thing when when studio executives are are involved in the process and there's plenty of examples of that of that being a bad thing and that going poorly but creatives need creatives need direction too. I mean every the, when when you're there are so if you're Scorsese fine whatever but like almost every director same as almost every writer needs editors. They need editors. They need people in the process who are saying, hey, this needs to be cut. This needs to be brought down a little bit. We don't need the 14th jazzy version of a Las Vegas-based song in order for people to understand that this movie is in Las Vegas. Hey, like, guess guess who uh, Snyder's main producer is, Brian? This will shock you. His wife. His wife. It? Yeah. So I mean, the pr- he, he doesn't have anyone telling him. The producer's People, his own wife who's not going to tell him anything. For, she, I mean, she's just for, as in, in sunk in on this as he is. This yeah, is a dual, like, this is a dual, uh, you know, they're both equally at fault here. The production yeah. team and Zack Snyder. It's like, they know well, what I mean, they're that doing. Goes, that goes for Nolan and for Peter Jackson, yes. too. I mean, that's yes. that's a normal thing with these husband-wife teams, and it's, on the whole, always been kind of cool. But, yeah, I mean... Look, I mean the the biggest thing is this sort of blank check he's had until now, really, with with Warner Brothers specifically, and and now and now Netflix. To he 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 actually is is someone who's skilled enough behind the camera, at least, to potentially make something interesting at some point. Mm-hmm. With with uh, you know, probably needs a little help with his perform you know the script would have to be so awesome for the actors because i don't think he's a great director of actors but he can make something you know has michael bay snuck these pretty good movies in every once in a while um but with a lot of studio guidance you know and then what Mm -hmm. happened with michael bay is all of a sudden he made paramount trillions of dollars right and his movies immediately went down because he's not scorsese and he's not 
Right. You know, there are these sort of unicorn filmmakers that can, without really, you know, studio interference tends to be negative for for their direction because they're so singular vision. I, I just, I don't think Zack Snyder, well, I, yeah, Zack Snyder's not that director. <laughs> right. But somehow he's able to sort of get that status. He probably is great in a conference room or something, but... uh but yeah, I mean, it's 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 he's made one and a half decent movies, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. and he's got now he just has carte blanche to make everything two and a half hours minimum, sometimes five hours. Right. Now that had some fan support and things like that, and he does have his fans, but but yeah, I think I think that is he he like really works in this this new world we're living in, where they're like just throwing money at people and saying yes. make whatever you want for content is like he's thriving in that. Yeah, and maybe if he was at this point in his career in 1995, his movies would be better because they'd say, mm-hmm. hey, like, we're going to give you notes and here's what we need. Hey, Zach, sorry, two hours tops or we're taking you off the project and all right. of that. All that stuff we hate when we romanticize the Arthur filmmaker, sometimes it's great for certain other filmmakers and they can still make good things, but mm-hmm. he can't operate in total control. Totally agree. Totally agree. I take it back to like Kurt Sutter, who who is the the creator and showrunner on on Sons of Anarchy, which is a show that I really loved for about three or four seasons. And the more success that show had, the more creative control Kurt had. And to the point that like the last three seasons of that show, you know, you're going from a show that's 42 minutes long, most episodes, like, you know, like most hour long shows on TV are to episodes that are that are 75 80 minutes long and guess what they sucked they got worse as it went and the two shows that he's done since then are mostly unwatchable because he's got he has all the control he can do whatever he wants and fx just basically is handing him checks and saying hey man we just want to be in the kurt sutter business so do whatever you want well that's all well and good for him i mean hey get the money but but the the creative side of that suffers from not having anyone in the room. But I mean, you can take it to, to other things as well. I mean, how many, how often do you see, um, you know, an athlete or something like that, that, that as soon as they lose, they get that huge check and then they, they kind of lose people in their lives that are able to tell them no, or to give them guidance or advice or whatever. And they surround themselves with yes, men. Well, guess what? That doesn't usually turn out real well for everybody. It's, it's, Jordan. People need George some Lucas. constraints, you know? Yeah, totally. George Lucas. There's there's tons of examples of this through, throughout the all of these industries, but film industry in particular. And it's I don't know. We we've we've gone so far in in the moving towards this type of filmmaking that I, and I just I don't think it really benefits people. I don't think it benefits nearly as many people as as we seem to to think it is. It's like you said, Richard. It's a it's a romantic notion, and it sounds awesome. But then you get a movie that's that you get Army of the Dead, and you're like, bro, like some studio notes would have been awesome on this. Would have helped a lot. Seems like the one studio note they did get was Chris. Uh, what's his name? Can't be in this movie. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, uh, on that note. Tick Nataro, guys. This was kind of my favorite part of this. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna um, say it's probably my second or third, or second or fifth, uh, excuse me, part of the cast. Unless she was, she was pretty solid. I thought she, she was, was a, she a was really, addition. really. Uh, yeah. This, this. I, I don't know. I, I'm in on Tick Nataro, like doing movies now, like and yeah. taking on kind of weird roles. I think, I think there's a place for her, and and it shocked me how well she kind of fit into this, especially. Mm-hmm. There's a great article. I think Variety did it. We, we I put it in our Discord. Um, over the weekend, but 
talking just talking about how they had to cgi her into the movie basically like all these scenes were shot on a green screen with just her (laughs) and you know they had to see they had to try to match lighting as best they could and give the uh the post-production team something to work with but i thought that worked it worked great i thought you couldn't tell that she wasn't there at all um and that just kind of shows you some of the stuff that they can do now in terms of yeah they did the christopher Plummer thing where they Mm-hmm. took her in for about a week and and knocked it out and and were able to take a couple months and, and put her put and replace Christy Ela. Um first they had to take him out of the movie which they said they had to kind of stitch him out of all these scenes CG yeah. you know which was very hard for them because scenes with multiple people and all that um can be tough but I thought it was great so props to Snyder's team there for uh for making that work yeah. I will say um Yeah uh, it's a major improvement too cuz even Setting aside the horrific stuff that that he's, uh, I I think is admitted to. I don't know, accused of or is admitted to. That guy has a bag of nothing anyway. So like, right. I, there was nothing that he was bringing to the screen that that was of any value. And I, I thought she was she was very good. There was a couple of scenes where you could, the, especially the wider shots where you could see it. Like the the first scene. I don't mean this as a criticism because it's like you got to do what you got to do to make this this work. Obviously, but um, the scene where they first. Uh, sneak into the Vegas compound or whatever. There's a wide shot where you it's it's pretty obvious that they just like slapped some uh some CGI on the screen to uh to cover this up and stuff. But there's a couple other moments like that. But I thought for the most part it was you might you probably wouldn't have noticed if you didn't know that that's what was happening in the first place. You know, and that's great. That's that was the right decision. That was a good good thing to do. And I thought she was very good. So I'd be I'm I'm definitely interested in what she is going to do. Uh, moving forward, I hope this is kind of like a uh, not a break for her because she's well known and has a great career and whatnot. But but she can do more and be in more movies, I would think, and and be very yes. good in them. Absolutely. On the topic of you know the rest of the cast here, obviously uh, Batista, the animal, Dave, the animal Batista, <laughs> Batista. We um, we've been fans of his for, for quite a while. Um, I saw this quote from his over the weekend. This is from 2019, it looks like. But um, it's very applicable to this this movie. Um, He says, quote, Don't compare me to The Rock or John Cena. Everyone does that. These guys are wrestlers who became movie stars. I'm something else. I'm a wrestler, and now I'm an actor. And he went on to say, quote, I want good roles. I don't care about Fast and Furious or Bumblebee. That's not the kind of stardom that I want. I want to be in Dune. I want to work with Denny Villeneuve. I want to work with Sam Mendes and Jodie Foster. I want to work with Oscar winners. End quote. So, um, rebuttal. Stuber. My spy. This. Um, you know, this is very, I can see how the, he would be attracted two. to this as an actor kind of thing. <laughs> But that's what's wrong with this movie. This should not be an actory movie. This should be a Fast and Furious. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's too much depth of in this movie for my enjoyment for what I wanted out of this thing. It's just so dramatic and overly, overly dramatic. Um, for for my stuff, like he, I thought he was going to break out into tears at any moment in this movie. It's like not not the kind of Batista that I want personally. But um, what do you guys think about Batista, the actor? Um, the long-term success of what, what do you think in terms of, you know, comparing him to the rock or John Cena, Richard? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 
he he has done some stuff a little more hidden. He's done some some higher brow stuff, and certainly those guys did in the first phase, and and uh, that's great. He he's very capable. He's very charming. He's but he you know he's got a little more range probably than those two. Um, but you know, I'm not saying he's Daniel Day Lewis, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to begrudge him getting a paycheck and and to go ahead and just be be a Jack dude in a in a Zack Snyder movie. Um, if it, if it, you know, makes it easier to do Dune or whatever. Um, but I do, I like him. I, I don't think, I'm not, I don't care about movie star versus actor or whatever. I, I don't know if he's, the movie has to be pretty darn compelling for him to be like a lead, 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 like to totally anchor it. He could do that with a, a really great film, but you know, The Rock can kind of do that with like a meh film. Yeah. The, know, rock sort of a the Rock can elevate, The Rock can elevate a C to a B, I feel like pretty right. easily. You know, I don't know yeah. if if Batista has that yet. He does. I don't know if he does either, and I don't know if he's interested in that kind of charisma based acting, as he said, and that's fine. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I I'd be pretty shocked if he had multiple Academy Awards. But <laughs> you know, I think he's got some tools in the in the box and and can do some cool stuff. And I, I you know, he's certainly uh, he's certainly proven that he can handle the action piece as well as the comedy piece. Um, I'm interested in 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 drama in what he does drama wise. Uh, a little more with Dune, I think, as as that comes, that could be a really game changing performance for him. I, who knows? Um, and so, I, I guess the the jury's still out a bit. But uh, you know, he he has not made outside of Marvel um, a really too many good movies yet. I'm interested in in that coming. You know, at least as like a top four lead in a movie. I, mm-hmm. That that he should be. Able, you know, they've been pretty rough, which they haven't been his fault. He's been good in most of them, but. The Rock had a run like that too, though. Wasn't so. uh, Batista in like Scorpion King two or something? Uh, wasn't that like his first movie? Was the next Scorpion King that Rock didn't didn't want to do? I think I think that's right. Some I don't know. The only thing that sticks out to me in terms of like Batista being in a highbrow movie was when he popped up in um, Blade Runner for yeah. like you yeah. know a scene, yeah. but he was barely in that. Uh, I I don't know if if like I'm casting Batista the next, um, I don't know. Actually, he's gonna be in Knives Out, so yeah, that could yeah. be that could be where he really turns turns. Well, the wait, corner. is he is he an actor or actress? Well, then yeah, he's gonna be in Knives <laughs> Out. Yeah, yeah. Knives yeah. Out does he? Yeah, does he? I have think Cena could have been in Knives Out. In like, Knives. let's be real. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah. Cena Cena probably brings the most flexibility. I don't know if like Cena's gonna be this great dramatic actor, but I feel like Cena could do blockbusters and comedies well, both he, very well. He could and, and and just physically he got normal size quicker. The Rock hasn't even tried that, obviously. And Batista just sort of his build. He's just ginormous. He's a very odd Cena looking quit. guy person too, Batista. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a great he's very, I mean yeah, great very great very distinct guy, but, uh, look. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But but uh, Cena quit wrestling and and probably certain supplements, you know, and and immediately lost like seventy pounds and became like, oh, he could be a neighbor next door, right? Whereas yeah. if Batista or The Rock or your neighbor next door, you're gonna have to explain why your neighbor next door is so shredded, <laughs> and right. right, you know what I mean? It looks He's like literally just know, Drax the Destroyer <laughs> without makeup. That's what he is, right? Uh, yeah, and so um, Cena does have that advantage, just sort of, uh, yeah. Yeah, like genetically, I suppose. With For like, sure. I mean, he's still huge, but he he mm. you know he grew his hair out a little longer and lost sixty pounds. You're like, oh yeah, that lovable guy. Sure, I like Batista on film quite a bit, and I, yeah, I'm excited too. to see him knives out too. See what he can do. That I think that could be a 
a sort of and Dune as well, kind of recast him a little bit. I'm I'm not sure that I'd want to hang out with him. He he's a little he seems like a little blowhardy to be honest with with a lot of his stuff cuz kind of like you said can't like I mean you can talk trash about the the fast movies if you want to. That's totally fine. It's not for everybody. But also you have done a lot of very bad movies that are not uh not really reaching the heights that I think you're going for here. So, mm. I don't know. Maybe we don't Maybe we don't uh, try to make enemies of of everybody, but uh, so so I guess what I'm saying is maybe not an American treasure, but he certainly is uh, enjoyable on screen, and I think he's the best part of this movie. I think he he does all the stuff that, that he's the zombie needle to drop. Do. Yeah, besides you that, didn't see besides that, that, oh my no, gosh, my man. favorite my favorite needle drop was the, the credence guys. Get it because it's army and military yeah, and I mean, and Vietnam. And and did you, hey, did you get the did you get the Apocalypse Now reference with the door song? Did you guys get right. that? Oh, because gosh, Apocalypse yeah. Now is one of the most iconic movies about war. Did you get that? that Dude, stuff I don't was... have Spotify, so I didn't know those songs. <laughs> that stuff was bad, but like expectedly, <laughs> expectedly bad. You know, like you knew this going is the in, end. this is going to be those needle drops were going to happen. You had to know that coming in. The zombie one. I should have known. I know I should have known. Yeah, I knew that one was coming. I got to argue there. I mean, I was waiting. We, we should when, have when seen he that. Dropped it, talk I, about that, yeah. That, that, that was a... Uh, if that had happened earlier in the movie, I might have just said, you know what? I'm I'm done and and turned it off. But, but In your head. It was weird. It was the Ed Helms version. But <laughs> No, what's weird is that it wasn't the... Uh, what's that cover song version of Zombie that's like yeah, really weird. metal? Miser... My, yeah, the miser man. version. There's yeah. like, there's one that's like local band. In your head. Right, right. And that I've heard before on like the local radio. Yeah, local radio. There's a there's a popular cover version of Zombie, and I'm surprised it wasn't that. And we went oh, and instead, since it was the end of the movie, we went with the slow piano ballad version of Zombie. And yeah. and it 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 just epitomizes everything. And I I retweeted somebody oh. who was glorious enough to point out that it would have taken. Snyder less than five seconds to Google the fact that the what song is zombie song is not yes. even about zombies. Yes. No, I, <laughs> it's I mean, about like political genocide or whatever, murders or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah, but yes, blew my mind, blew my mind. That that's why Richard, that I was like, surely he won't use zombie because that has yeah the troubles, man. <laughs> That's but a hey, song that has actual meaning, and like, look, I, I, we, we. But on the other as hand, as a society, Brian, we get too, we too, we get too gripey about a lot of things that kind of fall into like, quote unquote, wokeness. I and, could audibly hear the eye rolls that, when uh, from like, Brian. You can't, when oh I heard gosh. that song, I was like, I could. You can't use that song. It was in like this a movie. sonic boom it. of eye rolls when that that happened from Brian's house. I could tell. Not okay. It's not okay to use that song okay. in this setting. Like, gosh, I would be Brian. very offended if I was. If I was Richard, Richard, you should be offended by this. I should it's, be, it's I, but counterpoint, and I hear you. But like counterpoint, it, it is called zombie. So think mm. about that. That's a good point. That's a good point. What if the whole soundtrack was just white zombie? Could we have done that? <laughs> Man, Rob Zombie, but, just yeah, give it a shot. Is what do the saying? cranberries think yeah. about this? Have or they Power Man Five Thousand to be yet? like kind of underground. Uh, well, she's I dead, don't. So yeah, she's not I mean, chiming in on much these days. No, but, I mean but, the, the, the you know the people rest, that own the, the song rights and all, all yeah. that kind of. Well, stuff. Well, they sold yeah. it for that, so I don't right, think they can. Right. I think that's a. I think that's bad form to yeah, take the money and then. That's true. Whine they had to it. sign off on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great move, though. Like <laughs> huge eye roll from us over here at the Cranberries. Thanks for the fifty k. Yeah. 
They must not have known what it was, what the context. There's no way they knew the context. Well, I mean, who knows who owns? I mean, I don't know who owns the, the rights to that song. Then, yeah. and the you know, sure, the, of course, the, the publishing company yeah, might own so, it. Yeah, and they don't. Yeah, the publishing company even, might own it, or her estate they don't e- might they, own it. They don't or, even. I don't know. I mean, well, I feel like the estate would have a better understanding well, of maybe, holding on but, to the. Uh, I don't know essence of the song. Publishing company is just there to make money. Like that's yeah. their whole job is like putting the song in in placements. Right. You know, yeah. so so for them it's like yeah, anything that comes I'm signing it. But yeah, that that is that is a bad look, Zach. I don't understand why critics gave that one a pass. To be quite honest with you, no, why critics not, most critics gave this thing a pass. This thing is a not, yeah. a a it's it's Zach Snyder just completely. I don't know. Just, just telling us like this is who I am. This is what you're gonna get from now on. Either you're in or you're out. And you know what, Zach? I'm out. I'm done. I, I, I'm out. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do it anymore. I, I, it, <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing. There's yeah. nothing that I can go into a movie that's gonna surprise me about what he does anymore. Unless well, some script he gets that's just like so incredible, and Zack Snyder's gonna put visuals to this and. And right, he does that. Right. This this movie was written by Zack Snyder, and it's terrible. Yeah. It's he can't write a movie. You know what? You know, hey, let's let's wonder. How do you um, let the audience know that uh, somebody will do what it takes uh, to protect their family? Maybe if I have them say, "I'll do whatever it takes to protect my family," <laughs> like crap like that. You know, it's just you know, I can laziest. get around that kind of stuff. It is lazy, but I can get around that kind of stuff a lot easier than I can. Things like the movie is obviously look. Maybe I missed it. I'll I'll give like a five percent benefit of the doubt that maybe I missed it. And if I did, you know, let me know. I I know like Mason, our buddy Mason, really liked this movie, and and I'm sure there are others. So if I missed it, come tell me. The movie is clearly asking the question: Who is this patient zero? This the first the first one, the first zombie or whatever that breaks out and and sets this whole thing off. And we never get an answer to that. And and moreover, it's clearly it's clearly begging us to get invested or interested at least in who he is and who his queen is because he heads straight to the Olympus to go find this girl. And and then we get the whole thing with the 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 baby, which what all these sorts of things. It asks all these que- or asks us at least to ask all these questions about the the zombie origins and and who who these people were and how this whole thing is worked and then doesn't answer any of them has no interest in answering any of those questions or posing right. who this person they is. They bone and, though. We know that they bone. Yeah, we 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 know that. We know that. So I guess that's the important part to uh, Snyder, but like I, I'm not saying that I need to that I have to have like a great explainer for the zombie apocalypse in every zombie movie. Like that's fine. Whatever. But when the movie and the story is so clearly baiting us into wanting to know more about what's happening here and like aren't you interested don't you want to know what's going on with the zombie and his and his wife or whatever from the olympus like okay well tell me oh no i don't have any answers so i'm not interested in giving you that well then well he wants to as always it. he wants I, to I make mean, a universe there's already another yeah, one of these for sure being shot right now that is the prequel and then there's a <sighs> animated version coming. you know yeah the classic this isn't even Warner Brothers, but the Warner Brothers disease of building the universe right. before you make a good movie. Right. Yeah. And I understand like you wanna 
maybe put some thread through it because you are in the business, obviously, of making these universes because they're 10 times more lucrative. But you can't, you can't not solve movie one with that. Yes. You know, you can't leave that uh, much hanging and not, not answer what's, yeah, we're, we're, hey, good news is we're only eight months away from the prequel. Actually, less. (laughs) We're five months away from the prequel. I'm not kidding. It comes out in November. So, two things here, uh, quickly on Snyder's, just Snyder's approach. I've noticed with all of his movies that he either cranks the saturation to 150 mm-hmm. or he yeah. he lowers it to completely mute all the colors. With Dawn of the Dead, he completely cranked the saturation so high that is like blinding me. I rewatched it this past weekend. Those those outdoor scenes, like the green grass is like the greenest, brightest, bluest sky, you know, it's just so in- intense. But that was like what he he did. And now he's in this level where he just cranks everything back. He cranked everything back in uh in Army of the Dead, which you would think would be prime for some some color in a Vegas uh setting that we would have some some more color, but um you know, I was I was a little let down with that. I will say this will be controversial. I th- my favorite Zack Snyder movie. I've said this before. I think it's his hidden his hidden um uh, gem is Sucker Punch. Right? And I haven't explained it a lot on the show. My least favorite. I, I do. I, I, so I think I think Sucker Punch is probably the the film that Ugh. that um I don't know. Where where his instincts and what he was trying to do, I I think worked for what he was trying to do. Does that make sense? Like the the story he was trying to tell, the the satirical nature of what he was trying to do. It felt like Zack Snyder kind of knew his place for a moment in time um, with that and coming off of Watchmen in 300. And, and just that little run that he had seemed like the best we're ever going to get. And to, for, me, for me, maybe it ended with Sucker Punch. And um, maybe we'll go into that at some point. We'll do a throwback on it and I'll talk about it. But um, no, I'm a you. fan. I'm a fan. I, I, yeah, I'll sit that I, one out. You I, and Shane could do that yeah, one. Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we should. But that might surprise the listener. I just wanted to throw that out there before mm. people th- leave this episode thinking Kent has nothing good to say. And this was just a Snyder hate fest. Like, no, like I do. I, I think there's some stuff in his past that he's shown us that he can do well. And, but at this point, with, you know, kind of coming out of, of Warner Brothers and DC and, and that whole experience. He's 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 become an industry at this point. Let's be real, okay? And it's a business. Mm-hmm. Well, he's decided to become one. Yeah, and, and people pure, expect a certain thing when they go see a Snyder world. movie. And he's got a fan base that if they don't get these montages, they're going to be pissed off and be like, "What? Where the heck was the needle drops, Zach?" You know. Uh, and so, yeah, that's fine. Play to the audience. It's not for me. I'm not your audience. So yeah, that, that's I really mean, I, I I I kind of agree with that. At least to some degree, I agree with you, Kent. But like, but also, I mean, playing to our least common denominator here. Like, I don't know. Man. Like, maybe maybe we try to elevate a little bit. Maybe we don't just play to the worst impulse. Or maybe we don't even try, Brian. Fans. Maybe we just give up on, on Zach. It's, like, don't even. Oh, don't I, even have I mean, him, you look, know. But, you're 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 preaching to the choir there. I'm I'm happy to walk. This was the to me. This was like the last straw because I like I said I th- I thought the concept was fun and I did think that this was the if he was going to be able to make a movie that I liked it was going to be this one because of of all, right. I mean I, all these things that it had going in its favor. 
Um, and instead he just proved to me that, that he is, that he is the guy that he keeps telling us he is, you know? So I believe you, Zach, I, you're, you are a sentient can of Axe body spray and I'm not interested whatsoever in what, you know, what you're putting forward each, each time. So who we thought they were. Yeah, exactly. Shall we grade this bad boy out? We shall. Uh, we, we, we shall. Um, this one's tough. F minus minus minus, guys. <laughs> you think this is worse than Justice League? No. No. Okay. Because it's you an get, hour and a half. Get, yes, yeah, I do. You Actually, Justice I do League think like it's worse like than Justice D. League. Yes, I, I do. I, I think Snyder okay. Cut is better than this. Yes. Wow. Okay. I'll go the opposite. I think that the Snyder Cut is, is well, the Snyder Cut was 400 hours long, so that certainly, um, that certainly didn't help. I... I think I had come in thinking I was going to give this a C and I maybe have talked myself down. So I'm going to go, I don't know. I'll go C minus. Richard, where are you at? Oh, I'm with Ken on that. I'm F triple minus. Yeah. Easy. With no guilt. No guilt. All right. There it is. Army of the dead. We'll maybe never talk to you again, Zach. All right. Let's hit a quick leak recommend here before we get out of here. I'm going to go with a, a documentary series that I, uh, I recently got into that just premiered over on the Paramount Plus network. Uh, this this uh, series involves American treasure Dave Grohl, and uh, this the series is called From Cradle to Stage. Uh, him mm, and his yeah. mom, a couple of years ago, wrote a book together. Uh, about her bringing up Dave and raising him and kind of her influence in uh, his musical life and, you know, the steps that he took and, and her supporting him when he was younger and, and all that. But the book actually interviews a lot of other rock moms, you know, some, some moms of some famous rock stars and musicians. And, and it tells exactly that, uh, just their influence on their musical careers. So they made the series out of this, um, Cradle to Stage, the series. Uh, there's three episodes out right now. The first episode is uh, Dan Reynolds uh, from Imagine Dragons, and he talks a lot about like going on a Mormon mission and how you know his his he his parents are very Mormon. He is like one of ten brothers or whatever in his family, and uh, you know obviously going from that to being in a rock band is a is a transition. So talk a lot about that. The second episode is with Pharrell and his mom which is excellent if you're a Pharrell uh, Williams fan and the Neptunes and NERD talk a lot about that. And then the third episode is, is kind of a local tie in here. It's Miranda Lambert and Dave mm. Grohl goes out to uh, Lindale, Texas uh, <laughs> and nice. uh, goes to hang out with Miranda Lambert in their uh, little town there in East Texas. Um, so that's a good one. And then they've got a couple others the rest of the season. I think there's a few more episodes, but they, they use these other artists as kind of an excuse for Dave to tell his story so the series is really about Dave's journey, but he kind of uses these other artists to tell, tell his story. So it's not just like seven episodes of Dave Grohl's story and music. Um, they kind of break it up that way. But if you're wondering, like, is Dave Grohl in this at all? Yes, a lot. And it's mainly <laughs> mainly about him. But, I mean, he kind of talks to these other artists about himself and, like, they, they kind of, I don't know, relate to each other in certain for certain um, ways. But this is excellent, man. So good. Uh, Dave needs to be making more documentaries, man. It seems like last year he took the the pandemic 
time off. They already had a record done with the Foo Fighters. Great album. Great album. They 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 were right to put it on the shelf and just wait to release it, not completely re-record uh, the album. Um, <laughs> but he did this, and then he did he did a, uh, a another uh, documentary that I'm gonna uh, recommend at some point called "What Drives Us" about bands that and vans great. and just driving really in cool. vans and and that that formulative formulative experience that I've gone through of being in a band and driving around the country in a van trying to make it in music. Um, and so, gosh, what an American treasure Dave Grohl is. Incredible. And um, just this series is awesome. Paramount Plus from cradle to stage. It's my recommend. Very nice. I'll go next. My yeah. Mine was next actually going to be what drives us, but I'm going to let you recommend that in a couple weeks, Kent. And uh, since you've got the, uh, the actual van experience, but I'm going to go with uh, the story of late night, uh, the docu series that th- that's going on right now. We're kind of halfway through it. Um, you guys, you know, I never watch things anymore, but you guys were like this, you know, extreme Richard content. Um, six parts. We're kind of halfway through right now. Um, a lot of a lot of cool early, um, you know, Steve Allen and Johnny Carson stuff, and uh, it's it's uh, Jack Parr stuff. It's all it's all really interesting if you're into sort of the you know the the story of late night in so many ways tells the story of television as a medium in, in a lot of ways and so um yeah i'm going to i'm going to go with that i think Kent might have already recommended that once but uh, i'm just now getting to it so i'm going to i'm going to steal that one from you i have not but, uh, uh, i have not recommended that um cuz i was going to wait till it was over um okay. but it is excellent yeah I, you can I, watch it live now if you catch up now yeah it's still your... going on um i'm with you richard i i just think late night tv is my favorite thing on in media, in content, yeah, uh, honestly, mm-hmm. um, if I was a desert island and I could have one thing with me, it'd probably be like the archive of Letterman shows, honestly. Um, yeah. And and I just think it's so interesting the history, the tradition, the you know how it's changed over the years, where it's going, uh, production, very yeah, it's, how it's they awesome. Make it, yeah, I love it, and it's very similar to the movie series they did a couple of years ago at CNN, and these retrospective history series are awesome that CNN has been producing, man. They, yeah. they do a great job with them. CNN f- documentary uh, films. And that- now, and now they can do them a little more, uh, you know, with HBO max piece that they have tied in, but also like, and I'm not saying this literally politically at all. Just like there was a lot of breaking news during Trump. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of things back when I still had cable, like set to record on, uh, the history shows they would do on CNN. And then Trump would just do something. And then, they would. It was impossible to ever find it again because it wasn't on their on right. demand. Right. And so between HBO Max and like a sort of uh, reliable uh, political calendar in terms of news breaking, um, <laughs> at least breaking like before five, you know, uh-huh. and yeah. so all that. So like a civilized uh, country, yeah, yeah. Break your exactly. news before five. We got With, stuff to watch. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it's it's been nice to actually catch up on some of these. They did that one really interesting one. I can't remember. What, it was like 2018 or something. I think it was like I think it might have been like a history of television, history of comedy. They did one, the history of comedy. That's what it was. And like every time I'd go to watch that, (laughs) it would get preempted with like you know some yeah some rally or something. Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) But while we're on the topic of documentary series, have you all watched? Have you all started this Crime of the Century doc um, on? No, I haven't, but I want to. My wife watched it in like a day. She she had never really been like watched Alex Gibney content before, and you guys know me, and the, the listener knows me is like. I think Alex Gibney hung the moon and he's the absolute mm-hmm. goat right now at, at, uh, you know, documentary filmmaking. And she watched that and was completely blown away. And now she's like going to go on this 
Gibney series deep dive of all his docs and TV series and stuff. Um, he's got one coming out that's uh, called The First Wave that's about the um, nurses during COVID that should be really interesting uh, mm. really soon. So um, all in on Alex Gibney. I'm looking forward to the crime of the century uh, to d- to dive in on, in on that one uh, very soon. His latest, uh, so prolific, man. <laughs> it's like putting out three yeah. just like Oscar-worthy documentaries per year is pretty uh is pretty astounding man it's crazy um it's crazy. i love that guy uh brian what's your recommend man uh an album that every every single person that's listening to this probably already listened to but but olivia rodrigo sour it's mm-hmm. fantastic i love it it's, yeah. it's uh what a banger little, little taylor swift little paramore little lannis um it's it's fantastic she writes uh, she writes incredible songs. She's just a, she's already an incredibly gifted songwriter and her, her voice is spectacular. I think some of the production on the, the album was maybe not the choice that I would have made on a couple of the songs, but I'm not a music producer. So, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, she just, she writes, there's like 11 songs on the, on, on the record and probably 10 of them are bangers, you know? So it's just like, that's, that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good debut album. And she's, she's like 17. She's incredible. So I, I, I loved them. It's, it's, it's all. It's all good stuff. She has a thing that 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 T Swift has, and I, and I love Taylor Swift. Of you know, I'm I'm in a, a very happy, committed relationship, and have been for for many many years. But T Swift puts out a a breakup y song or a sad song, and I'm like instantly in my feels and kind of like reminded of what it's like to be 17 or 18 oh, or yeah. 20 or whatever. And that's exactly what what uh, Olivia does as well. So. I mean, I'm sure you've heard driver's license and I'm sure now you've heard like deja vu and, and, uh, good for you and whatnot. But like, I think pretty much every song on the album is, is pretty great. So check that out. If, if somehow you're the person that hasn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, first heard driver's license and I was like, I didn't even know who it was. I thought it was Lord or something, you know, I was like, good God, this song is, is, and Chris is an incredible song, you know? And and I had no idea who it was and, and kind of, you know, um, didn't think about it. And then the song kept blowing up and I, and I looked into it. I was like, who is this girl? You know, um, I was completely blown away. And then, you know, the, the album came out, uh, give the album a chance. And I'm like, my God, these songs are, are fantastic. And I, I mean, let me, let me go dig into this. And I looked, went to look at the, 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 the uh, you know, credits on the record the production credits mm-hmm. and all that yeah. and it's just her and a producer i mean it's very billy eilish it's you know or taylor crazy. swift and that yeah like yeah. she wrote she uh let's just say for for an 18 year old she's an above average singer and songwriter you know yeah. Like, oh yeah like, for sure. like taylor swift good. when taylor Already. swift was yeah. this age she was an above average songwriter uh yeah. good she's got yeah. the but the one two punch you know like right. And so that's what's the most impressive. It's like some of these girls can sing, yeah. Some of them can write songs, but to have both, woo! Yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought for sure crazy. "Driver's License" had eighteen writers on it when I first heard yeah. it because nope. it just reeked of of, of a, of a <laughs> Mark Ronson, yeah. Uh, you know, what? uh, whatever the song from uh, "Star Is Born" was, it had twenty five people right. on it. You know, it just reeked of that. Right. What's funny is it was so I'm good. A, yeah, I'm in a group chat with our with our friends uh, Megan and Ellen and and Danny and and a couple of Tobin and Shane are in this and and when that driver's license song came out, I don't remember who it was, but somebody in the group was like asked a question like who who is this person? Like what a, and Megan was the one who had all the 
all the tea to spill and like <laughs> broke down all of the information as to like who this person is and what the, who the song is about and what the whole drama is because there's nothing that I pay attention to less than than like celebrity gossip and drama and stuff like that, um, especially with teenagers. But uh, but Megan had had all the well. Info. The judge was pretty specific that you can't <laughs> I know I know. Look, I'm just I'm just trying to to stay uh, stay stay out of the way of the courts. But uh, yeah, it was it was a. When that song came out, it was a very it was a fun day in our little group chat because there was a man there was a lot of information that I did not know uh, that was that was given to me. So it was it was good stuff. But yeah, she's just she is already as you say she's an outstanding songwriter and her voice is is fantastic. So just wait for uh, Jack Antonoff to work with her for next record. Oh my god! Just completely. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and get that. Done just now. just yeah, uh, put the, set that in stone fantastic. and and wait for the the best record of the next. Five years when that happens, I, I cannot wait. Yeah, high hopes, man. I I give the album like a seven out of ten for a debut. You know, I'm mm-hmm. with you. The production was just straight up bad for some of it. Um, sure, especially good for you. I, th- I think it sounds terrible. Um, yeah, it's a fine it's a song, little, little but it just like sounds like a bad demo that I would have done in 2009, and mm-hmm. that record producer would have told me, "All right, great song, but let's record this for real now." You know, like yeah. that's exactly what, like the, the guitar sounds and all of the, all of that's what's going on. But, um, great for her, man. Two number ones already from the record. Uh, good for you and driver's license. So, um, wow. Great recommends. Great, great, uh, great episode guys. A lot of, a lot of productive talk. I feel like happened. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm past it now. I feel like I'm past Zack Snyder and I can move on with my life. Finally. <laughs> it's been years. Yeah. It's over. It's over. Yeah. Finally, we can we can move on. Side note on driver's license: SNL did a hilarious sketch about driver's license with yeah, uh, Renee Jean Page. Yeah, look that up uh, on YouTube. Well, thank you for listening. If you want more from us on our VIP feed, we've got Marvel Cinematic Universe talk this week as we dive into the Thor series. Right on the, uh, I guess the, you know, preempting the Loki series here what we're doing so we got some thor talk coming at you this week and we've got office season four uh coming at you as well ama talk and maybe we'll hit some american treasures uh next week as we round out may and and head on into the summer should be a good time thank you for listening please subscribe and leave us a nice review and and uh tell a friend help grow the show and um again join us on the discord we're always on there, and it's like a big group chat with us and all of our community and the Mam Fam. It's great. It's a great time to uh, talk movies throughout the week and uh, and keep that uh, conversation going off the air. But until next time, we'll see you soon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. Ha, ha, ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 